When the sun rises, I wake up and chase my dreams. I won't regret when the sun sets, cause I live my life like I'm a beast. What up? You're listening to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. I'm Steve Vandegraaff and it is my turn to be your host today. I wanted to share with you guys a principle or two from the book, The Obstacle is the Way by author Ryan Holiday, in which he talks about using challenges to propel you rather than stop you, or as he puts it, turning adversity into advantage. We've referenced this book before in this podcast, and to be honest, I'm going to do it again just because it's just a phenomenal book. If you haven't read it, make sure you do. It really, it's really a paradigm shift in how to address challenges. Each of us have obstacles that we face that hold us back. And I'm talking in our dental practices, in any other business pursuits we may have, and certainly in personal and family life. This applies across the board. But what do we do about them? For many people, the problems are just too big. We run into problems, and despite our hard work, the problem is is just insurmountable. Unable to get over the hurdle, people just keep things in a low gear and, and keep on doing whatever they've always done in the past. This is probably the most common way, and accordingly, it will give the most common average results. Others are more determined, and they overcome the problem with you know hard work and, and diligence. These people, they don't settle for the status quo and they're determined to get past any challenge. I think many of us try to be in this group. Um, you know, we certainly don't like our problems, but we're willing to get around them and leave them, hopefully, in the rearview mirror. But in Ryan Holiday's book, pulling from principles from the philosophy of Stoicism, he takes it a step further giving a third option. Rather than quitting in the face of adversity or even working hard to get past our problems, you can actually go beyond and turn your challenges into opportunities. You actually use the things that are holding you back as a springboard to reach farther than you could without them. He writes, the struggle against an obstacle inevitably propels the fighter to a new level of functioning. The extent of the struggle determines the extent of the growth. The obstacle is an advantage, not adversity. The enemy is any perception that prevents us from seeing this. Now, this is a pretty powerful way to think. Don't run from problems. Don't just trudge through them, but use them for growth and learning. Um, The author goes on to point out, you know, he shares many historical and business examples of this. People like Rockefeller, Ulysses Grant, Steve Jobs. It's a very well-written book, and I would check it out. One of the stories he shared that stood out to me was the story of Demosthenes, the great orator from Athens during the times of Greek antiquity. I studied history in college, so I'm kind of a nerdy loser, but I like this one. This example is kind of way back there in time, but basically, Demosthenes grew up with a really severe speech impediment. He was also physically really small and weakly, Um, kind of a sick kid. So, you know, not a lot going for him, especially in the harsh ancient world. 
But, but rather than surrendering to this disability, Demosthenes went into isolation for months and months to practice speaking. He filled his mouth with marbles and then forced himself to talk, stronger and stronger. Meanwhile, he wrote speeches for other political leaders until his voice developed enough into a force of its own. He would later speak, you know, without microphones, of course, for hours to huge crowds as he helped guide the, the great nation-state of Athens, which was really the, the greatest empire of the world. His speech impediment, the very thing holding him back, actually became the catalyst to him becoming great. I'll share a, a little more applicable dental example. I started just last month working with a new client that barely acquired a practice. I went over it on, on the prospectus with him on, on paper and things were looking really promising. It had a great location. The numbers in the practice were, were healthy, pretty lean profitability. Um, overall, it seemed like a really good opportunity. The seller was pretty motivated, wanted to do a walkaway sale, which this dentist liked and which I kind of liked too. So anyways, he, he went through all the due diligence and, and he went in to meet the staff at closing and found that the office manager and the hygienist had both decided as soon as they found out that the seller doctor would be leaving that they were also going to depart. Man, talk about a gut punch, right? Imagine searching for a practice all the work that goes into that, finding the one, you know, going through all of it, closing, and then finding out, to your surprise, that you're going to be without most of your team on day one. So instead of focusing on goodwill carryover and not rocking the boat too much with staff, the things that we emphasize on doing early in a transition, this dentist has to hire new people immediately, over the weekend almost, develop systems for scheduling, billing, basically everything, train these systems to the new team, all while trying to meet the new patients of the practice that he just bought. But I have to say, this doctor has been so impressive how he handled it. There has been no pity party at all. He would have been justified in wanting to throw in the towel. He could have bitter posted on social media about this selling doctor who took the staff and left left him with nothing. And he would have got a lot of affirmation from that crowd. People telling him to back out or sue with your lawyer or whatever it may be. He would have got lots of public sympathy. And, you know, that would have probably made him feel really good. But that wouldn't change the situation in front of him. And it really would have just been avoiding the obstacle. Instead, he has been attacking the situation head-on, taking care of one task at a time. From our book, Holiday writes, Don't let the negativity in. Don't let those emotions even get started. Just say, no thank you. I can't afford to panic. This is the skill that must be cultivated. Freedom from disturbance and perturbation so you can focus your energy exclusively on solving problems rather than reacting to them. This dentist has his eyes wide open and he recognizes that this is not what he was planning on or wanted, but he's looking for the good in it. He shared with me, he said, you know, if the front desk and the hygienists were really gonna be leaving anyways, then 
it might as well happen early right now so I can start afresh and develop a new culture and systems from the get-go. He wanted to learn about billing and insurance and front desk tasks, lots of things he didn't know about from working as an associate. Well, he is learning them now from a fire hose, but he's doing it all while keeping his head. I look at this doctor after having my practice for a few years now. Of course, we want a smooth transition, and of course we want consistency for patients and goodwill. But I see what this situation is developing in that new practice owner. If he can navigate this, starting out by hiring a brand new team, training on the fly, what else can come up later in his practice that he won't be able to handle? I mean, he's learning all of this already, right up front. He's learning all of this stuff because he has to train it to his new staff. He's going to understand what he's really capable of. I've shared on, on this podcast before how I went through something similar in my practice, replacing nearly an entire team early on when I acquired my practice. And it wasn't fun for sure. I remember driving home from work after staying late at the office for multiple nights trying to figure everything out, just feeling completely overwhelmed wishing that none of this was happening. I just wanted to keep on driving. But, you know, I probably lost a few hairs from stress. I'm sure I lost a lot of money from lost productivity or from front desk mistakes. But it forced me to learn all the different aspects to running a dental practice. And more importantly, it helped me learn that I can do really hard things. I mean, I can take on hard problems. If something like this in the future happens, I know it won't be fun, but I already know right now that it can be handled. Also, I, I didn't know it at the time, but those early lessons of starting basically from scratch now help me when I'm working with clients who face similar situations. Maybe that persistent challenge that you've been wrestling with, whatever it is in your situation, as frustrating and as persistent as the issue may be, Maybe it has the potential to help you become better than you are right now. Ryan Holiday writes, One way to turn your adversity into an asset is through accurate perception. So often, we are confronted by a seemingly daunting task, and our overreaction to the situation makes the problem to be worse than it really is. The situation itself is neutral, but our reaction to it is really the only consequential thing. He recommends to examine the situation objectively without emotion. He says, take your situation and pretend it's not happening to you. Pretend it's not important, that it doesn't matter. How much easier would it be for you to know what to do? How much more quickly and dispassionately could you size up the scenario and its options? You could write it off and greet it calmly. I think that's a powerful way to look at it. What if the problems you're facing were really just someone else's problems? You'd probably have all sorts of ideas of how to solve the issue if it wasn't yours, if, it, if you didn't have the negative reaction to what you're going through. I'll share another personal example. A while back, I purchased a real estate property. I found a zip code in my city where the cost of homes to rent made sense for investing, and after a lot of searching, the home came up it was, it was a fixer-upper, but it was underpriced. So I acted quick, I got it under contract, 
I did a walkthrough with the realtor and knowing that it needed some repairs with a contractor. I got all the estimates for the repairs, added that to you know the, the price that I offered, and the numbers looked really good. I tried to negotiate further anyway, and they ended up going for it, so you know, even sweeter. And I ended up getting the house for much less than what it was worth. So that was awesome, great. But then we ran into a little trouble and I made some mistakes. First of all, the contractor I hired for the gig who assured me he could have this job all taken care of without problems in a few weeks turned out to be just terrible. This guy was so hard to get a hold of. I was continually trying to get him to finish the job. A couple weeks turned into a couple months and man, this guy turned out to be so shady. He was just cutting corners, covering stuff up, not returning my calls. Towards the end of the ordeal, he gave me he gave me a few invoices for some brand new appliances. I was excited to get it done. I paid for them only to find out that he had put in really used junky appliances. He pocketed the difference and the rest of what I had paid him and he suddenly had to move out of state. Several parts of the house had still been left half done. And overall, it was just like the biggest pain dealing with this. I ended up hiring a second contractor to come in and finish up as well as fix his mistakes. It was just a drain on my energy and like my mental focus. You know, here I am, I'm running a, a profitable dental practice. I didn't want to be thinking about managing a rehab. The next problem came as the house was finally going to be finished. The home ended up looking really nice, and in fact, some neighbors in the area saw it while it was being worked on, and a, and a few of them came over while repairs were being completed and checked out the place and asked if they could rent it, which is pretty sweet. You know, people are already wanting to rent the place before we had put it up. When I heard this, I thought, hey, you know what? I may not even need a property manager. I mean... I don't need to get the home listed. I don't, you know, we don't need to do showings. Like multiple people already want in. So I'll just give them a lease. I'll set up a, a rent portal online for them to make payments to me. Um, if I don't use a property manager, the return on this house, which was really good, is just going to be that much better. Well, this worked great at first. I got the lease signed, got tenants moved in right away, and all was good. And then, well, you can probably guess where this is going. It went all good until there was some repair that needed to be made. And I got a call and I had to call people out there to fix it. And then another and another. And then it was all good until this tenant suddenly wouldn't pay their rent for two months straight. And until there was an issue with the utility company. And all of a sudden, this great rental was just taking way too much time and energy. I wanted it to take zero time energy, so I don't know why I managed it this way. I ended up just feeling very unhappy with the whole situation. I was sick of being pulled away from my family time and also having my focus distracted from my practice, which is the money maker and, and the most profitable thing. So I ended up losing several thousand dollars, probably at least. I dealt with the headache of being interrupted several times during 
more important things. And to be honest, I was a little embarrassed after being hoodwinked by that contractor. All in all, the experience made me not want to do more real estate. I wanted to just pull back and be done with that. But then I remembered that other people do great with real estate. So if somebody else is doing it, why can't I? So going along with the theme here, I decided to look at my early entry attempt into real estate objectively rather than emotionally, leaving out all the headache and the negative feeling I had around my first experience buying a rental home. Really, looking at it in a removed position, the situation was, was very correctable. Just get that tenant out. Sure, you'll probably lose a couple thousand more dollars. It might be a little pain, but get them out. Then just hire somebody to manage everything the next go around. Simple. In the big picture of things, very little was lost. Yes, yeah, some time and some money. But something much more valuable was gained. I had learned firsthand for myself what things to do and what not to do with real estate. I, from now on, will always vet a contractor and I'm going to prioritize minor repair homes or turnkey homes. I now have a rule that I will never speak or work with a tenant ever again. Like, ever. <laughs> I will gladly pay for a property manager without reservation because I know from personal experience now what a pain that can be. And really, this principle has really come to apply to all of my investments now. They need to be completely passive. The reinforcement of these principles that I just shared, those lessons I learned, that is the advantage I was able to take away from this obstacle. After looking at the situation in that light, I decided not to pull back, not to have a scarcity mindset and avoid real estate. Instead, I pushed forward, understanding that I can do this better now. And after a couple months later, I've, I found another home. It was actually in the same neighborhood, just down the street, got it. I had a property manager take over from day one. It went great. It's completely out of sight and out of mind. And all of my homes have been like that since. Really, looking back on that, now I'm actually grateful that I made those mistakes and had all the headaches from that difficult situation. Holiday writes, the obstacle in the path becomes the path. Never forget, within every obstacle is an opportunity to improve our condition. So, my friends, the challenges you may face are probably completely different than mine. You know, you probably didn't make the same mistakes I did with all this real estate issue. Maybe you're not hiring, you know, an entire team like this poor Dennis is with his transition. Your challenges will be unique to you. They may be bigger. They could be smaller. They may be external or, you know, they could be self-inflicted. They might be professional or personal. But whatever they are, the way to react to them will determine everything. You can fall into discouragement or paralysis. You know, you can blame or just delay. Or a step above that, you could fight against your challenge and you'll probably eventually get past it. Or you could find within the adversity an opportunity. Use the very thing you see as your problem as the key to making you better or teaching you some prized wisdom. And that, my friends, is it. 
If you are working through an obstacle in your practice or career and you want some direction, feel free to email me or my partners, Steve, Derek, or Justin at thelifestylepractice.com. We'd be happy to help. And with that, have a great weekend, everybody. Peace. Never break a sweat, cause I live my life like it's all